Hello and welcome back to Dating by Design. I'm your host, Jordan, and today is part two in my interview with Kristen Prosen. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I definitely recommend going back and giving that one a listen. I want to note that we recorded these episodes a few weeks apart, and some really interesting changes occurred in both of our lives in the interim. So today's conversation kind of takes on a whole new context and meaning for both of us, so I'm excited to get to it. All right, let's go. Welcome back, Kristen. I'm so happy to be here. Anytime I get to hang out and talk relationships with you is like... I'm, I'm making an, an A-OK sign with my hand. <laughs> and she's fully recovered from COVID now, so we are just like ready to rock and roll. Let's start with like a brief recap of what we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. So we kind of did a little bit about like what it means to cultivate ease in relationships mm-hmm. and like the physiology of new relationship energy. Do you want to give just like a little brief rundown of that? Oh, we're batshit crazy. <laughs> Um, Basically, yeah. Honestly, (laughs) since our last conversation, I have actually kind of entered a new relationship. And I was like, oh, (laughs) talking about it from the outside is so much easier than when you're in it and you're experiencing it. Um, But let's just say that when we enter these new relationships, we are essentially being hijacked by our like... (laughs) neurotransmitters and our our impulses and desires for connection and that can be really stressful um it it can involve a lot of ups and downs of emotions it can involve what I like to call the dopamine gap where we're like waiting for texts and messages from these people and then once they actually give us a text or they send us a text or they send us a message or we see them then we get like a dopamine high um that and that is like continuing to drive that um positive feedback of like continue to get high off of this person (laughs) um and then there's like uh you know oxytocin which continues to drive connection um and so it can it can create a lot of instability in the body um and there are a lot of hormones that are involved hormones and neurotransmitters that are involved in creating these connections like norepinephrine which is really close similar it's like very similar to adrenaline like a stress hormone um and there's a lot lot of dopamine there's um and then there's it's it's like what am i trying to say if and if you like me and so many other people in the world uh especially right now also struggle with mental health issues uh it can be even more complicated than mm-hmm. it can be even more complicated so um yeah it's it can be really messy and and dysregulating to mm-hmm. be falling in love yeah yeah. yeah, and so that's why we're here today. Mm-hmm. So what would you say are some of the helpful things that people can do to re-regulate their nervous system when they find themselves mm-hmm. in the spell of new relationship energy? Yeah, so very specifically in that terms of re-regulation, we're looking at a couple of things. There's the uh, routine-like practices that we engage in that keep our body healthy in general like those are general self-care things and then we and we'll touch we'll go into depth on all of these tools and all of these specifics but overall we have like our general routine 
um, you know, like making sure that we regularly drink enough water, we regularly eat enough food, we are regularly engaging in self-care behaviors that promote long-term health outcomes, like movement as best we can, et cetera. Then we have the actual regulation, uh, like techniques that calm us down when we are feeling anxious or stressed or dysregulated and then we have like the general um, self-care behaviors that we might want to put in place uh, during stressful situations that can help us keep stay regulated so um, let's talk are we ready to go into it yeah okay let's talk about um the general the general self-care things first um so i think that the basics are exercise um Mm. movement attending to our basic needs specifically in this context relating to food and water intake and then Mm -hmm. um i would say uh rest interventions interventions that allow us and allow our body to rest in safe and healthy ways and then um like omega-3 fatty acids um <clears throat> which is like fish oil and then vitamin d supplementation so let's break this down a little bit um yeah. so exercise uh, exercise so uh exercise is a um It's an intervention, and in this case specifically, we want a vigorous exercise where our heart rate is increasing, and we are moving our body in a way that completes the stress response cycle. Have you read Burnout by Emily, and I think it's Amelia Nagoski, they wrote Come As You Are, I think yeah. Emily wrote Come As You Are. Have you read it? You read I've, Burnout? I've read Come As You Are, but I haven't read Burnout yet. It's really great. It's uh, to describe why exercise um, is one of the best um, interventions for, for chronic stress. And really specifically, when we are in stressful situations, and obviously the body doesn't know the difference between good stress and bad stress. We just recognize it as stress, and then we have a stress hormone response. We have mm-hmm. a hormone cascades that... Uh, trigger the autonomic nervous system and specifically the branch of the sympathetic nervous system the fight or flight or freeze branch and it um so uh we have this hormone cascade and it's designed to get our body moving but we hang out in office chairs all day or (laughs) we're like driving we're not moving our bodies and so Mm -hmm. we never actually complete the stress response cycle so those stress hormones can continue to circulate throughout the bloodstream without being um, utilized by the body and so if you are 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 like stressed and if you're experiencing like the stressful energy moving your body like in a new relationship right exactly, or or even ending a relationship yeah I will say like in my last in my last big breakup I started running again and it was a debilitatingly horrible breakup and um the days where I ran and I'm not a fast runner like I run a 20 minute mile (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am slow. I am Same. slow and I hate running. Oh, I love running. It doesn't have to be running though. But those days where I was like doing that with my body, especially outside uh, on the trails that are, are close to where I live, uh, were the best days. And it's because my stress response cycle is is being completed as in 
through that movement we are utilizing those stress hormones and in new relationship energy where our judgment and our perceptions are probably being pretty affected and like we're ignoring red flags and we're like um we're constantly like adjusting and expanding our boundaries to keep people in them uh doing uh movement practices like that Um, are really really clarifying for the mind Mm -hmm. and they can help us see a little bit clearly even if it's even only for a short time so my suggestion would be wait until after you have completed the stress response cycle to send that text because you will (laughs) be so much more um, articulate and clear and closer to what it is that you actually want if that's such good advice yeah if you do that um i should also say um, I think so. So you said the, since the last time we talked, you have sort of started a new relationship. And since the last time we've talked, I have ended a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going through relationship ending energy and you're going through new relationship energy. Feels like the fucking same thing, though, doesn't it? Ooh, can it, I curse? It does. <laughs> yes. We're having the same feelings. Same. Like, yeah. it's like we're going through the same thing. It's just different still stressful (laughs) yeah yeah like heartbreak energy for me at least is very like immobilizing Mm -hmm. um but so that so makes it really hard for me to like remind myself to go work out then when I do I obviously feel so much better Mm -hmm. but just getting out of the house Mm -hmm. is hard for me when Mm -hmm. I'm going through heartbreak it's like it can it perpetuates the cycle of you know like I would feel better if I left the house (laughs) we like exercise is a good example of upward spiral intervention of an intervention that allows other interventions to get easier and so um I mean depending on like who you are and depending on your fitness level and depending on your you know, depending on so many things. The physical ability. Right, like, right. Yeah. Um, like I have a chronic illness and as much as I love running, it also makes me sick. Like it mm-hmm. triggers flares. And if I run too often and too much, I have a lot of joint pain and I'm like, I can't do other things. So it's like, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Which, so how do we, like, that's to say, how do we take on that that vigorous exercise that is very purposeful and and accomplishing a really specific goal um, in a way that is healthy. My my favorite two ways are going to be running or walking. And so, but it could be anything. Like it could be on the elliptical. You could be on a bike. The important thing is that you get your body moving in a really vigorous way where you get the heart pumping. It's like really cardiovascular in nature. It could be swimming, whatever. And so my suggestion is whatever activity that you choose that is not going to exacerbate any health ailments that is going to align with your physical abilities is going to be set. Don't set a timer or set a goal, but for the first couple of times that you do it for this clarifying skill, notice how you feel as you start the the walk or the run or whatever, and then figure out how long you have to go, whether that's distance or whether that's minutes before you feel the shift. So this comes back to the idea of like somatic awareness and like being able Mm -hmm. to notice like subtle shifts of energy or of like physiological um, processes. When I say energy, I just mean like physiological processes and physiological shifts in the body. Uh, Just notice what distance you go before that physiological shift of, oh, I feel like someone... um, 
like turned a faucet and all the water in the bucket has drained out and I feel calm mm. again. So how far do you have to go? For me, running, it's about a mile and a half. And then for mm. a walk, it's about the two mile mark that I feel, whew, I feel it. I feel like the, um, the drain. So it doesn't have to be, it could be low impact. It doesn't have to be that intense. Just it, it, find out, <laughs> find out what it is for you so that you like the trick with all of these suggestions are that being able to reliably shift your physiology when you're feeling a particular way that's what self-care is it's somatic mm -hmm. intelligence in action so um yeah knowing knowing the distance for that stress relief walk or stress relief run is mm -hmm. i think something everyone should know about yeah so we've got exercise and yeah. then we've got like food and water. Yeah. Uh, drink your freaking water, everyone. <laughs> drink your water, ho. <laughs> drink your water, ho. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you need to drink water. Yeah. You need to be hydrated. Drink a lot of water. Uh, if you're stressed, the solution is dilution. <laughs> You'll feel better if you drink water. All your physiological processes are going to just go better. Uh, yeah. But the other one is food. <laughs> eat mm -hmm. make sure you're eating and make sure yeah. you're eating in a way that keeps your blood sugar balanced and you're not spiking for most people it is best to have like high fat protein meals like three times a day and um maybe a snack or two in there that also involve a, a good amount of protein and i don't mm -hmm. want to be like the protein princess or something but like you guys have you ever had enough protein it's <laughs> It like it changes your like you feel better. You will feel better. Yeah, you really do if you eat more protein. I struggle with um, getting enough protein during the week. Um, I'm pescatarian, so uh, you know I, I I get protein from fish and eggs, but like my lunches and breakfasts during the work week mm -hmm. are almost always just like carbs and like vegetables. I eat mm -hmm. a ton of vegetables, but you know there's no there's no protein mm -hmm. in that. Yeah, not I do like feel enough protein. I mean, there's obviously proteins. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that people think of is like, oh, I'm I'm eating enough. I'm eating protein, and it's like you're not eating enough protein, and you're probably not eating quality protein to actually mm -hmm. um, meet the dietary protein needs for things like muscle. And even the older that we get, like what I'm, I'm 31. You're 30, uh, 32. Yeah, it's like we are at that point in our lives where we don't have like the teenager early 20s hormones to just like keep our muscles healthy and happy like we mm -hmm. actually need protein in our bloodstream to function really well because there's just like oh i'm staying alive but am i functioning well and mental health wise and uh physically i think that protein makes a really big difference yeah and so so not just protein i mean obviously yes that's like the the primary focus but just eating in general mm -hmm. is really hard for me, mm -hmm. especially when I'm experiencing relationship ending energy. Mm -hmm. um, so this, when I went through this recent um, sort of breakup, uh, a friend of mine actually from, from Canada sent me a care package, which was very, very sweet. And it was, it was like a comfort foods. So it was like, cookie dough and like ice cream and um sour gummy worms which are all my favorite things it's like the most thoughtful thing and if she hadn't sent me that stuff i would not have eaten mm. probably for like two or three days so all i subsisted on for about two or three days was that ice cream that she sent mm -hmm. me and like 
obviously I'm very grateful because like I had something in my house that I wanted to eat. And a way that you were able to connect with someone. When I get really stressed, I stop eating. And it's like an anxiety thing where I lose my appetite, which is never until I hit 30, which might have been actually my Saturn return. (laughs) Until I hit 30, (gasps) Mm -hmm. I didn't respond to stress by not eating and having no appetite. And so my go-to has been um, protein shakes and like it this is like and this is what I'm talking about like food turns to ash in my mouth I could not get myself mm-hmm. to eat something if I tried so my go-to were is protein shakes and um like milk <laughs> just like drinking whole milk and orange juice gross I know <laughs> look <laughs> it's not <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but it's like when you're in that headspace and I did like even in new relationship energy, it like I was like, oh, I like this person. And it definitely triggered a lot of anxiety because it's my first relationship Mm. Um, in it's not. And like to say it's like a relationship is it's like the first person I'm even dating or like touching or allowing to touch me in a first new person in like five plus years. And it was it's very it's stressful as much as I enjoy it and I want the connection and I'm totally being hijacked by all those (laughs) all that oxytocin and all of those neurotransmitters that are driving connection it's stressful and I had a couple of days of pretty high intense anxiety and so I was just like all right I need something in my body it need I need fat I need protein uh if I'm going to be grounded and of course it's not enough food but you know so how, yeah. oh, but my current favorite thing right now, um, I think this might be the best, um, the best like new relationship food is avocado toast. <laughs> I love avocados. Uh, yeah. It's like the nature's perfect food. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it yeah, makes those yeah. good fats yeah. and um, it's like filling right. and it's easy to make. Yeah. It's tasty. Um, yeah. So yeah. Eat food. So eat food. <laughs> right. Eat food. Got it. Check. Um, and, you know, especially in a way that balances your blood sugar. So mm-hmm. obviously carbs are so good and ha- happy and joyful. And be sure that you're eating like ha- good quality protein and um, good quality protein and fats uh, with your mm-hmm. snacks and your foods. So and this this also is coming from someone with a chronic illness and all of the suggestions for chronic illness are like cut out gluten and you know Mm -hmm. do like restrict your food but then to act but then sometimes I hear very rarely but some of the best advice is like eat a lot of protein and build muscle yeah and I'm like oh that feels way better (laughs) like what if the solution was like eat good protein eat good food and like build muscle and that's like a way yeah. more fun solution <laughs> to chronic illness than don't eat your favorite things yeah restricting is never fun and usually not the route to health right depending on what you are experiencing yeah. but yeah and it's very rarely that um restricting we can just say it is going to create the physiological outcome that you're seeking Almost mm-hmm, never. Mm-hmm. It's almost never actually creating the physiological outcome you're seeking long term. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we've got exercise, food, and water. And rest. Um, sleep. Okay. So <laughs> let me tell you something. You know, I'm, I'm polyamorous. I'm dating a lot regardless of my, you know, recent breakup. I took like a little bit of a break, but um, I have 
I started seeing somebody, not started seeing somebody. I went on like one or one and a half dates with a person um, and who is giving me like intense new relationship energy. And I understand intellectually that it's because it's on the cusp of my relationship ending energy that the NRE is so mm. intense. But when I, after our first date, I could not sleep. Mm -hmm. I got home and I like was I, I have never felt this way after a first date before either. So I was like kind of like losing my mind a little bit, but I was like pacing my apartment mm. and I was like smiling and laughing to myself, which was great. Like I fe it felt really good. I was like so effusive with all of this like good positive energy. But then I was like, I gotta get to bed. I have to work in the morning. Right. So I did my, you know, my nighttime routine to like sort of try and calm myself down. I turned off the lights after doing that and I just like sat in bed and I was like still like buzzing. Mm -hmm. So I got up because I was like, there's no way I'm going to go to sleep and it's already way past my bedtime. I got up and I took two Benadryl. I do that sometimes when I need to sleep and it didn't help. No. I slept two yeah. Benadryl? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shoot. I was so hype. Like, I, like, I, I think I probably slept, like, three hours that night. And, and then we saw each other again the next day because he's leaving town. And so we wanted to get in, like, one quick hang before he had to leave. And same thing. I got home that night and I couldn't sleep. I was, like, it was, like, I was run, like, it was, like, the Energizer Bunny mm -hmm. for the whole day after. And it is bananas. Yeah. Not regulated so at all. So dysregulated, right. Great example of like what it looks like in action. Um, so what do we do in those situations? Uh, I have a very, um, okay. So this is where like that idea of somatic intelligence comes into play um, in terms of uh, generally knowing how you respond to these like, stressful and exciting situations so uh it's really hard to give uh such you know we're giving this advice of like this like wellness intervention advice but the thing is that not everybody is going to respond like that and not and you don't respond like that every single time that you meet someone mm -hmm. new um and so the there are in a situation like that there that's where I would like pull out some herbs and pull out mm. some um, some sedative herbs that can help calm us down. And a lot of these we can use for acute issues like this where we take them every 15, 20 minutes until we're getting the desired effect and they actually have to build up in our system for a little bit. Um, specifically, uh, passion flower and valerian is what I would go go towards in those situations. Um, so that, that kind of brings us to our, our next step. We have like our general self-care tools, but then we also have the um, the first aid tools, and then we have like our, our um, stressful situation 
tools, right? So like I know I'm entering into new relationship energy. So I'm going to take on particular behaviors because I know that they help me uh, stay calm and grounded. And if my stress level or my anxiety or the new relationship energy gets too high, then I can pull out these first aid tools. So the general tools that I would suggest are, again, are going to be super specific to an individual, someone who, um, like we were talking earlier before we started recording, that uh, everybody is going to take on stress differently based on, you know, your life experiences, your past injuries, uh, what we can there's and there's two ways that it's going to show up one is going to be chemically in the body and that might look like having an inflammatory response um uh or it could be mechanical so having like um a biomechanical response so i'm excited and i'm having a good time and the body doesn't know the difference between good stress and bad stress it just registers stress in the body uh my Uh, sympathetic nervous system uh, is activated and that usually is going to create some sort of restriction in my breathing pattern and in my diaphragm and so when the diaphragm is constricted in any way it's either going to create a ricochet effect up the body or it's going to create it down the body and so that might look like if it's down the body it might look like you are really susceptible to urinary tract infections because you have tightness in the diaphragm and rather than like a downward force every time you inhale there's uh, an upward force in the pelvis and it just creates a more hospitable environment for bacteria to flow up the urethra it also would look like a lot of constipation or ibs or bloating because again that upward force in the digestive system where there should be like a consistent downward force it could also look like hip pain or knee pain or ankle pain like where you have these exacerbated muscular pains because there's tension or low back pain it also could look like that restriction that emotional restriction that shows up in the diaphragm can also look like um, like neck and shoulder pain it could look like headaches it could look like jaw tension so there's that mechanical pain and then there's that um, and then there's the ways that that stress is going to show up chemically with like chemical process in the body I don't know which one it is for you but what I can can I say so um, as far as like the stress that causes like pain in your body somewhere um interestingly i noticed so um i started clenching my jaw really bad over the when like kind of when the pandemic started and um it started to like it like shooting pain in my ears Mm -hmm. like terrible like really really painful um and I saw like a I saw an ear nose and throat specialist like I saw um my dentist I was like somebody make this pain go away after a few months it started to go away and it was fine I like I did a little bit of um like acupuncture um and then and it just kind of like faded and then it came back like with a vengeance and I realized that the times when I had like the spikes in my jaw clenching and my like pain in my jaw was when I was seeing this very specific person. So like we started seeing each other around the time that my jaw clenching got really bad. We broke up, my jaw clenching went away and then we started seeing each other again and my jaw clenching got really bad again. 
wild, right? It's not wild at all, but just like so <laughs> yeah. cool. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. a bummer, but like, well, oh my gosh. I mean, I don't have job pain anymore. Don't have job pain anymore. <laughs> that is so. Yeah. And then it gives you this idea that if you start having job pain, look at the context of your life. So knowing that job pain is a response to stress. And like we can trace a pretty solid biomechanical pathway to emotional distress and your jaw pain. But it brings us, okay, so what do we do? Because it doesn't really matter if the tension and the tension and pain pattern is going up or if it's going down the body. The um, one, and like, yeah, I could like do a neck and shoulder massage. I could do a low body session, but the root cause is the same place. And it's the same physiological response. And so um, we can do two. There's a couple of things that I would suggest having in place if you know that you're going to go through a stressful situation. So one is having some sort of practice tool, whatever you want to call it, that involves vagus nerve stimulation for uh, Mm. nervous system regulation. My favorite way to do it is yoga, but not like just going to a yoga class and doing yoga. You really don't need to go do that, have it be that intense. Just um, yoga that is where you're moving your body in gentle ways, but your emphasis is on the mechanics of the breath. So what so what is the vagus nerve? the vagus nerve is a nerve that runs through your body it is the considered one of the primary nerves associated with the parasympathetic nervous system so um sometimes we can actually stimulate the vagus nerve to uh like transition ourselves into the restful state so i'm very activated i life feels very intense and then we can stimulate the vagus nerve and shift our physiology back into relaxation mode we can stimulate it and uh that can help us shift and it's actually a primary um like doing some things that actively stimulate the vagus nerve are some of my primary suggestions for people who have a lot of anxiety and who have um, like panic attacks and things like that. So like people who are extremely stressed and like new relationship energy and breaks up, breakups are really stressful. So it's it's mm-hmm. a good idea to, if we know that we're entering into like these stressful situations and we want to keep it cool. So I don't care what you do. Uh, just take 15 minutes have I suggest pairing it with movement unless you just want to sit there and breathe that's fine too Uh, but yoga is my favorite way to do it because and not and it's and it's because if I'm focusing on the breath not only does that calm the mind and the prefrontal cortex it does very specific things to the brain to focus on something that's what meditation is I think we talked a lot about meditation in the last one Uh, but Mm -hmm. it also gives a biomechanical pressure on the vagus nerve so it increases vagal tone which is it's a like the vagus nerve's ability to like shift us Mm -hmm. into better states so I heard mm, I don't remember where that uh, there are some potentially other ways to stimulate the vagus nerve that include like gargling mm-hmm. or like singing. Mm-hmm. And um, 
for me, that, that was the, the singing part especially was interesting because um, I love to sing and I do it like all the time. And I realized, like I noticed after I heard about that, that when I'm super stressed, I stop singing. Like I don't sing in the car. I don't sing around the house. And so, and then when I'm like super excited, I've always got music on. Like I'm always mm. walking around singing songs, you know, jamming out in my car. And so like, that's a, that's also another one of those like signals to me, like, oh, I'm so stressed right now that I like stop doing something that comes like super naturally to me. Oh, and I also know that, yeah, I also know that if I'm like sad and like dysregulated or whatever, that if I like just put on some music that like I really enjoy singing to and sing along to it, it's going to help me feel a little bit better. And do you know why? Because it's stimulating the vagus nerve. Probably, but also because you are doing something different with your diaphragm. Ah. So it sounds like when you get stressed out, you are shutting down. You're shutting down in your diaphragm, which is the classic stress response. That's what happens when we get stressed. Our breathing is like the first thing that is going to shift and change, and especially what's happening in our diaphragm, which is why when people do belly work, they have low back pain and emotional pain, whatever. But by consciously and intentionally singing, you are top down shifting what the di- like getting, uh, reclaiming ownership of wow. the diaphragm. Oh, so cool. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> I love awesome. that. That's neat. So yeah. yeah, singing, whatever. I mean, you know, this is all of the options for stimulating the vagus nerve are outside of the scope of this conversation, but mm-hmm. um follow me on Instagram and I'll start putting more vagus nerve stimulation stuff up. Uh, what else? What else is there? Oh, for- um, I-, I love massage. I love massage. So right now we're talking about like things that you could add into your routine to mm-hmm. help you. And I would like vagus nerve stimulation is good. And when you're like super active in your like, oh, I'm so excited about this new relationship or oh, I'm so not excited about it, whatever. Mm-hmm. When you're really active in it, uh, there are you know, there are things that we could do immediately, but right now we're just talking about, just to make sure everyone knows, we're talking about things that should be in your routine, your self-care routine beforehand. So there are things that will prevent you from needing first aid. So um, massage is one I really love. Obviously I'm a body worker, so I give it a lot, but I think it's so valuable. One, because you're being touched in a really safe way where you're not like you're not expecting you don't have to give anything you don't have to do anything you're not expecting any um like sexual touch and so uh your nervous system can really relax in a safe environment and be co-regulated because i'll tell you a secret you can't give a massage when you're stressed out and it's not that you can't do it because you can but you don't as soon as you start touching someone like you my body just like completely relaxes and so i am able to hold that container of safety for a client and thus their nervous system is regulating to my nervous system which calms Mm -hmm. them down um so that co-regulation in a safe environment on a regular basis does incredible wonders for people's 
bodies and their healing and it's like worth it just for that and that's what we call a passive intervention where you receiving care without having to do anything like yoga breathing singing active interventions exercise active intervention but massage and touch or just laying with someone those are passive interventions and so having a nice mix of active and passive interventions are really nice because how nice is it to not do anything um so yeah (laughs) massage is really good for um you know just supporting the stress systems of the body for getting that regulation you can do self-massage it's not quite the same but if you're like having a lot of tension patterns showing up in the body self-massage can help the fascial repatterning so you're not so tense all the time um and then other than that i think that we mentioned, I did mention that everyone should be taking fish oil and vitamin D, right? Yeah. And I say that because when I started having mental health concerns and like new relationship energy really fucks with your mental health. Like it is hijacking your perception and your judgment because these neurotransmitters that are driving connection, those relate to your mental health and so to have better mental health outcomes across the board it seems that um, omega-3 fatty acid supplementation and vitamin d supplementation improve um, those health outcomes so okay what else is there any Uh, are there any other active or passive interventions Mm, yes so i would say that herbs are a passive intervention except for the fact that we have to take them you know well Mm -hmm. we have to like show up to a massage too but like and then we can just be passive i would say using plant medicine is also a fairly passive intervention the plant is doing the work it's interacting you're getting phytochemicals into your body and it's interacting with your physiology Mm -hmm. so there are a couple of herbs that i would suggest um the first one is passion flower i think that we talked about I don't know. We did talk about it last time, yeah. So passion flower is a go-to herb for uh, anxiety, for insomnia, and for stress. It is what we call a nerving. So all of these are actually nervings, herbs that support the nervous system. So passion flower is one that you can take during the day. If you take a lot of it, you will probably be pretty tired. Um Uh, but you can take it during the day if you're having a lot of like that active energy. And I don't, I know we talked about this in the last episode, but new relationship energy feels just like anxiety to me. It's Mm -hmm. like, it isn't, it is, that's, it's like almost the same. (laughs) It's, it's a similar like intrusive thoughts about a person and you can't stop thinking about someone and like your body is like all excited and buzzing. It's like, that (laughs) sounds like anxiety. (laughs) So, uh, and even now as I'm, engaging in my own new relationship practices passion flower is like my favorite per- my favorite thing you also said valerian valerian so valerian is a strong sedative and it's a strong nerve um it's a strong nerving uh so that i'm awake and i can't stop thinking and i can't relax and i can't calm down valerian is going to calm you down so when i'm experiencing that i will take um, I probably take two to three dropperfuls of passion flower and two to three dropperfuls of valerian. It usually takes me two and then I fall asleep. So I'll take them like 15 minutes apart. But 
if I wake up in the middle of the night with like anxiety or like excitement, I'll do another dose to help calm me down. Um, okay, yeah. so the next one is motherwort. Motherwort is another nerving, but specifically it can calm anxiety because it has a relaxing effect to the diaphragm. So if your diaphragm is like, and you're just like clenching in your gut, motherwort is one that can help to relax that. Um, another one is reishi. Reishi is a medicinal mushroom. Uh, it's not psychoactive. It's really super well studied for things like anxiety. And reishi is going to, you know, and like we need, we can increase our resiliency. We can, with things like reishi, with things like regular vagus nerve stimulation, with things like yoga, getting good sleep, eating good food, having regular exercise, we can, um, and let's think about it like a bucket, right? Where we have uh, like we have things that are entering the bucket. We have ways that we can make the bucket bigger. And then we have ways that we can empty the bucket quicker. And so, um, you know, we can increase our resiliency, like increasing the size of the bucket through all those things I just mentioned, fatty acid, um, supplementation, vitamin three, massage, rest, blood sugar balance, etc. We can decrease the bucket uh, or like we can empty the bucket faster. Things like our passion flower, our motherwort, our vigorous exercise that completes the stress response cycle. And then we can like mitigate how much water is entering the bucket, which is like just never leaving our house. <laughs> Don't ever leave the Not house. Not dating. <laughs> Not dating, saying fuck mm -hmm. it, putting a concrete wall around our hearts. Yes. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So passion flower, motherwort, and valerian, those are all going to empty water from the bucket when okay. we're just like too filled. Reishi is going to increase the size of the bucket. And reishi is also, and what that, so it's an adaptogen. So it increases the size of the bucket as in, we can take more stressful stimuli before we have a stress response. So that's what adaptogens mm -hmm. do. They're really cool. Reishi is a really neutral adaptogen most people respond well to. There's also ashwagandha, which is a great adaptogen as well. A lot of people have heard of it. That is, uh, it's a root. Um, it's a different, it's not a mushroom like reishi is. And ashwagandha is also going to increase the size of the bucket. Ashwagandha I like to take at night because it helps me sleep so if you're having difficulty sleeping in this time it can like ha help you have really grounded sleep so that you're waking up feeling refreshed reishi can also improve sleep uh, obviously sleep is a really important thing during this time and um so uh you know because you want to be sane and people who don't mm -hmm. sleep usually feel crazy or crazier yeah. when you're getting right. poor sleep yeah. um and then you also have saint john's wort which will increase serotonin. Um, don't take it if you are on birth control, if you are on mental health medication, if you like if you're on like I think blood thinners, it is a prime example of how herbs are really powerful and they can significantly interfere with the functioning of the body. St. John's wort particularly, I think speeds up some of the detoxification processes, which means that they will, decrease the levels of a lot of medications in the bloodstream and so that's mm -hmm. why people get pregnant when they're on um when they're on birth control and they start taking st john's wort um and then lemon balm is another really good one for like mild depression symptoms and just improving Love lemon your balm. mood yeah. Uh, yeah lemon balm is a thyroid inhibitor so if you have oh. thyroid issues don't take it <laughs> 
I mean, if you have if you have low thyroid hormone, don't take it. Okay. So herbs. That's a that's a lot of good stuff. You don't have to worry about like taking vigorous notes right now or re-listening to this episode. We will make a downloadable um, resource for you too. No, the don'ts. So, yeah. What things should we stop doing when we are experiencing new relationship energy or relationship ending energy? Don't at me (laughs) on this. But um, caffeine, (laughs) caffeine, cut out cut down on the caffeine i know caffeine is like joy and it's love but it's also very stimulating and uh you are already incredibly stimulated and of course this again this goes back to like how resilient is your nervous system are you already do you regularly experience uh a lot of like mental health symptoms are you uh you know are you prone to sleepless nights are you prone to a lot of tension in the body so it like context really matters going through new relationship energy when you're already really stressed out and you're like mothers in the hospital and you know some like that is going to make a difference than if you're like oh I have three months of summer break and I don't have to work and think about money like that's it's it's different so context matters but we do know that caffeine can be really really stressful and it can be very stimulating and I myself have cut caffeine out as Mm -hmm. I'm as I'm engaging in new relationship energy because it's way too stressful for me Uh, or it's just like I don't need it's like I know that there are things that I can do in my life that calm the stress down just switch to decaf (laughs) y'all I know or switch to half calf like make make tiny adjustments um drugs I know like really anything that's gonna hijack your neurochemicals is a good thing to chill on so Um, that's this is really i think about this a lot so so many of my first dates involve getting a drink with somebody mm -hmm. and um i'll have like one or two drinks with a new date maybe like once or twice a week and it's like i don't need that much alcohol (laughs) and i also know (laughs) that like that is impacting my rest and my stress response Mm -hmm. and um and it's like you know alcohol is just a very common like regular part of our culture yeah um and so you know there are other obviously there are other things that you can do on a first date besides getting a drink with somebody that's just like one of my favorite things to do but i also understand that like that's not consistent alcohol intake is not good for your nervous system Mm -hmm. um also like i mean i think a lot of people smoke weed when they are feeling stressed that's avoid that (laughs) you know i see a lot of clients and a lot of friends and family members that i know that have mental health issues and they have a significant relationship with weed and are displaying a lot of symptoms of certain types of instability so look into that like i don't like you know like in with yourself right i mean marijuana does change our neuro chemicals um marijuana does yeah it it does there's also like we get a dopamine hit when you smoke a lot of marijuana when you you finally smoke and you're you're flooded with dopamine so anything that i would just i would look into anything that is affecting uh how your mind is working 
and that's how your body is working so um but if you're looking if you smoke weed for that like relaxation effect you can probably like there's there's just cbd out there there's stuff that doesn't have thc that you can also get you can take if you're looking for the cannabinoids there are ways to get that without also significantly changing your neurochemical like makeup so you're not suggesting that we all just like raw dog reality (laughs) (laughs) obviously (laughs) just like letting you know that there's probably a correlation between how crappy you feel and how much caffeine and like you know like beer you drink right anyways uh stressful people stimulating environments stimulating entertainment it's not like you never can watch stranger things ever again but it like if it's (laughs) really stresses you out maybe chill out you know context matters is really what we want to think of and we don't have to say like you are an adult and you get to make decisions and you get to you have a little bit more control over your physiology and your mental health than you think you do and that comes down to the behaviors that you engage in and once you start to realize how different behaviors affect your body and how they may compound when put together then you can start to understand that in certain contexts certain behaviors should probably be paused and others should be picked up so it's not really about you can never have a drink again or you can never smoke weed again or you can never do xyz or whatever watch like an action movie right it's really about like understanding well i'm experiencing this in my life and adding xyz on top of it is probably not going to be supportive Mm -hmm. yeah it's like there's no good or bad food context matters and there's no good or bad behavior context matters and so Mm -hmm. under the context of new relationship energy where we're just like um, (laughs) just like just there are just like think about all of these things as behaviors and you can pick them up and put them down um as as is appropriate for the context and that's really what i advocate for that's that's what i care about is like you are not beholden to any anything you are you are an adult and you get to do things and not do things based on what you want and it doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it it's like you know it's like oh i can't drink caffeine it's not no you can just make small adjustments to make yourself feel better and that's what self-care is so just self-care for dating self-care yeah okay well thank you for joining me once again anytime anytime where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at herbs and ease. They can find me on the web at herbsandease.com. And uh, my podcast is Herbs and Ease, and they can find that wherever they get their podcasts. All right, that's all for today. Thanks for joining in, friends. See you next week. Bye.